0: Listening to With Horses in Mind, the podcast that will not only discuss practical aspects of horsemanship, but will also dive deep into the intersection between horse and human psychology. We will explore how an understanding of both can enhance your horsemanship, build confidence and trust in your horse human partnership, and might just help with your humanship as well. I'm your co-host, Nina Fisher, and I'm here with horse listener extraordinaire, Carlos Tabenaberi. So, Carlos, the next question we had from one of our um, listeners was around um, what they could do. Um, in terms of specific exercises or activities to foster that positive relationship with their horse. So they would like to know more about what opportunities there are to build trust um, and what specific exercises they should focus on if they want to build that trusting relationship with their horse.
1: I think it's a good, it's really good question. The, you're going to foster the, that relationship with your horse on everything you do. So not so much on the exercises that you are going to do. So it's the, from, like I said, the way you meet the horse in the paddock to the the way you lead that horse out of the paddock, um, whether you're saddling or not, how you saddle, how you do your, you know, to, it's important to have that gentleness on everything that you do. And having said that, is that we, have, we we gentle, but doesn't mean that you're you're passive with the horse. Like I said, is going to be pushing on you or stepping all over your toes or headbutting or whatever they're going to do. So that comes through, again, some positive groundwork. We talk about the, the mechanism how have. I like to the groundwork, you know, again, where you just ask and you wait for the horse to respond to what, you are, to what you're asking. Sometimes how you deliver that question to the horse, the horse might interpret it different way, so it doesn't mean the horse doesn't want to listen to you or anything. So fostering relationships is going to be, you let's just you know, like you'd be under the watchful eye of the horse and in, in everything that you do. We discuss, you know, even walking to pasture, how you walk, whether you rush or whether you're you know, you're screaming at a dog or whatever you might be doing, um, that's gonna affect how the horse sees you from that moment. So whatever path you wanna choose on what you do with your horse exercises, whether it's been doing your groundwork and doing your groundwork over trot poles or staggered poles or whether you're going to ride that horse, it's important that you communicate to the horse in a way that they're going to understand what you want and that it, you ask in a gentle way. And gentle is not, again, it doesn't mean gentle. Gentleness is a strength. I believe it's not a weakness. So, uh, and that's why I say, you know, if you run out of knowledge, you you start implementing force. So um, if you have knowledge, you don't have to use force. You use understanding. So, uh, fostering relationships will come, like I said, on everything that you do with that horse. You know, it's not just one or the other because you can be having a, an, an amazing um, ride with your horse and then because you're hurried or you lose a bit of patience or whatever it might be, you jerk on the horse's lead because he went ahead of you. And that's enough to put a little scar on the horse. I, and, and again, I'm not saying this as a, that you have to be careful on everything you do, but you have to be aware of what you do.
0: Yeah, so really it's not so much what you do but how you do it and that's consistently across everything you do with the horse.
1: Everything you do because they, you know, creatures of habit. So, and and by that I mean, you know, they look at the world the same way. You know, they don't change their mind about the world the next day and go, I'm going to look at the world in a different way. We do that. There you go, I'm looking I'm, wow. I have a different view of the world because I've seen this. For the horses, not much, nothing changes. They don't, their views don't change. Does that make sense? Only the environment changes. So you got to make sure that you don't create an environment like we discussed in the past where you're going to get the horse not to understand, a bit the Um about how you're asking or, you know, your relationship that you're going to build with that horse. So
0: Yeah, and I think as as humans, we're always looking for this step-by-step, you know, this is what you do, guaranteed, um, follow one, two, three, in that order and you'll be fine and you'll have a great relationship with your horse or you um, play certain games in a certain order or you do certain activities in a certain order. And I think definitely for me... When I started working with you that was one of the challenges that it was actually more about how you do everything the smallest interaction that you have rather than getting a step-by-step recipe on how to technically train and overcome difficulties because it it requires you to challenge yourself and think about what it is that you're doing or trying to achieve a lot more
1: yeah and that's the thing you know there's no life is not a step-by-step And neither is, you know, when it comes to work for the horse. That's I call that, I wouldn't say clever marketing, but it's good marketing when they say if you do this and you do that, Um, if you follow this step and that step, and then you get to this level and then you get to that level. And, you know, it's a bit of a money-making exercise, you know, and then on top of that, obviously, for for each step, you have to have this tool and that tool and that, um, which is all like props rather than, you know, tools that the horse that needs. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's clever marketing. But um, that's not one thing that I've ever done because while I well, try to sell, as you know, I said I try to sell you a horse. And, and, and hopefully I can guide you and help you have the relationship with the horse, but it's not based on a number set of steps or you need to have this stick or flag or whip or whatever it might be. Um, in order to create that relationship it's not the tools that creates a good relationship with the horse and success is your, the knowledge and the understanding that you have between each other. So
0: Yeah. So I guess I would like to reframe that um, listener question then to um, not necessarily what exercises or activities can I use to create that positive relationship, but more. Um, a question about how do I need to be within the relationship with my horse to create that trust?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think the best start for that is to ask yourself a couple of questions. You know, one is um, do I know what I'm going to ask my horse to do? Is he likely to understand it? Am, am I consistent? Um, am I in a good frame of mind? All those questions that actually that's going to help you succeed you know, on, on what you do. So not necessarily... What exercise you do first, or second, or last is more asking those questions. Is my horse going to understand? And like I said, make sure if he doesn't understand, that just rephrase the question. You know what you're asking, and, and and allow the horse to lick and chew on it, and and see if he understands your your request. You know. So that's that's what's going to I find personally, you know, for doing this for a long, long time, that I had a great success with horses, and it was based on having a, like a thirst for understanding them, you know, so, and that's why I, I said I'm horse taught, you know, I'm follow the master, the horse, because I learned what I needed to know from them, you know, and sort of them passing it over to the other horses, you know, so um, it's, it's not that important. What I'm saying it's not important, you have to be careful that you're not using, again, you're not using force, but let's say you... Doing everything nice and gentle and soft and quietly and slow. If you have to, um, then then you're on, your right, on the right track. And and I hope it helps answer that listener question. You know, so I don't want to give you a recipe because it's no recipe. It's, it's I guess you know there are information like I said, whether it's the training videos that I that I put out or clinics or lesson or whatever it might be, where um, people will have an understanding of what I'm what i'm saying and the exercises that we do you know so
0: yeah so maybe can you tell me a little bit about what sort of um groundwork exercises would you recommend or do you have a certain type of exercises that you might use with most horses or that as a horse or you know it'd be good to have in your repertoire to use with all of your horses
1: yeah the groundwork is a it's a uh you know, it, it should be more like it's not so much a, a, a repertoire, but you have a little you have a little routine, you can call it, that you, you're doing. So it, again, we talked about getting the meeting the horse in the pasture, the horse coming to you, how do you put that whole town, the horse, how you lead the horse, make sure you are leading, you're stopping, a couple of um step back and make sure to see if the horse follows your steps. If he does, then you turn around, you gently ask him to step back from. From the rope, you know, like if you were using a rein back on the reins, you don't wiggle the rope, you don't shake it, you don't pull it, you don't force the horse back. And then you keep on walking. You might repeat that a couple of times. And that's a routine that I would say have where I already done my leading, my stopping, my backing. So by the time I go to a paddock or the arena or the yard, whatever you might be working that horse, um, then I might ask him to, you know, to do hind quarter yields, quarter yields, and a bit of circle of trot left and right changing directions and that shouldn't be in a particular order because you don't want to do everything except for the leading that you might lead the horse to the place, then you can ask him to back up and stop. You don't have to do it, you know, like you keep it, you don't keep it like the same, seat like step one, step two, step three, step four. That's what I'm trying to say. You change it. So you might ask the horse to the minute you go to the uh, to your working area, you might put the horse on a circle, left and right, change direction, um, put him on a circle. And when I say it on a circle, don't let him go more than three rounds on each direction because the horse will make mistakes. And then people might take that as, oh, the horse is not doing what I want. So don't confuse the horse. Go one, two, three. Maybe just, like I said, put your head down, let the horse come in. Let's see if he's focused on you. Send him the other way. Repeat, Yet he's focused. He's not paying attention to what's going around outside. He's paying attention more at what I'm doing. So when I stop, my horse comes, stops, and comes in next to me. Then you can send him out again, couple of circles, change directions. Um, yeah, in that. So, but don't don't feel that you have to do first. You must do that exercise and then that one and then that one and then that one. So, in essence, all I'm asking the horse to do is to move forward, backwards, left, right, and around. And if you keep that as your basics. To start, then, of course, we can do lateral work and a lot of, a lot of other exercises, but I would suggest that that's probably your basis. Um, and if you are going to ride that horse, that you do your groundwork when the horse is already tacked up and saddled, so it's no point doing that and then putting the saddle and jumping on. So that gives you an idea also to assess, is my saddle in the right position? Is it fitting the horse well? Um, is my horse lying? Is it, is it moving like it should move, be moving, etc.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And kind of making sure that all of these different activities are a positive experience for both.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's almost like having a gentle conversation with your horse before you start asking a little bit more of the horse. So it, it's part of your warm up, but it, it's also part of that kind of relationship building, you know. But, and I, so if I can touch on that too. When I, before I put the saddle on the horse, you know, if it was muddy, the horse was muddy, whatever. But I always use my hands first. I always brush my hands. I touch the horse all over with my hands because, like, if there's any little lumps or cuts or anything, especially on the, the belly or the girth area, with the brush, it's hand, you know, and I feel it. So it's making the nice contact with the horse. I find that just, I get my hands dirty. It doesn't really matter. You wash them off. And then you can use a soft brush to take them out of. But I was rub that horse with my my hands especially like I said um under the under where the girth area is and under the belly because you might go oh you know I just I'm glad I've done that because I can feel there's a lump there and you might investigate further and there's a puncture wound or a sore from a dirty girth or something like that you know
0: Yeah, and on that, I just remembered something that you've taught me a long time ago as well, and that's certainly um, my little mayor pointed out to me again with all her opinions. Um, I know you're really big on, like, showing the horse the equipment, letting them sniff the saddle blanket Mm -hmm. and just, like, almost not getting their permission, we don't want to humanise them, but kind of respectfully approaching them rather than just um, slopping things on without them having had a look first
1: and and that comes from that gentleness, like I said, of everything they should should be doing, but also you look at two horses that actually meet or are gonna groom each other theres there's a lot of um there's there's a lot of things that they do they don't just go hey, I'm just gonna start chewing on your withers you know you know it that doesn't happen and when that happens, the horse will get kicked and pushed or, or something. so there's a bit of a protocol of that courtesy, so when I put this saddle blanket, yeah, I know there'll be other Horse people and trainers that would say, well, what is he going to smell of? Horse. Yeah, we know that because I wouldn't put a blanket on a dog and then put it on my horse. But it's not about that. It's about that courtesy to say, hey, it's a recognition. And I would say, you always put it away. You don't bring it to the nose of the horse. As you saw, I'll keep it. Say so the saddle blanket is ex- as an example. I put it out and the horse will reach it out and touch it. So I go, yep, you reckon, you know, he touches it. He's a little smell of it. It goes on his back. Especially important for horses that are young and that you're just starting out. Like, I mean, it, it's quite important, but I do that with all the horses. I do all my horses and I've been doing the same thing with some of them for 20 years and they go, you know, they, they're not like humans. They go, yeah, I know what it is. It's a blanket. It's part of that courtesy, that little introduction before you start asking, like I said, a little bit more of them. So I think it's a nice way to say, hey, I want to put this on. Because you wouldn't like it, you Nina, know, I'm sure everyone listening that, you know, you're standing in the arena, and then I come and shove a hat on your head. Would you like I don't know, nothing, Would you like that? And I just go and put it on your head, boom, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely um, wouldn't appreciate yeah. that.
1: Uh, it might be a little bit rude. So that's the way I look at it. It is, you know, I don't just go and go, yeah, blanket on, saddle on, Girth them up, off you go. You know, so it, it's, it's that. I don't want to shove the hat on the horse's back. So uh, that's what I do with the blanket. I just... Probably just need to put it on, send me the saddle. I turn around, sniff it, good, swing it over the back, gently place it on the horse's back, um, and then so on.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, going back to the listener's question, I think it's those little subtle details that make the difference in the relationship. That, um, like I said, with my mare, I kind of got sidetracked one day and I didn't really mm. follow that process, and she has got a lot of opinions and was starting to put her ears back when I saddled her and um, And that that got me to stop, you know, and think and go, why is she doing that? Because she's never had bad experiences with saddles, she's not sore, I never girth her uptight. So, you know, I could rule out any um, physical or pain issues um, and then started looking at my protocol that I hadn't followed and kind of realised that she was somewhat taking offence to me just slapping it on her without following yeah. that a great courtesy that we had established with
1: each other yeah correct and i like those horses i like the horses that you know they got a bit of opinions because they other horses which is not do anything you know they're just some horses just put up with it and you know i think that's why you know we cannot all be gentle humans you know in a human world but it's okay to say hey that's you know that's not so polite you know that's not you know, so rather than just putting up with it. So when the horse told you that, and I see that a lot, and I was people, I've seen people in the past even just give the horse a, a slap. And I, you know, of course I can't slap the person, but I feel like it and say, and I always question, so why did you do that? Why did you, oh, just put the these back? Well, you know, you kind of were a little bit rough with that brush, or you were a bit rough on the way you just, you know, dumped the saddle on the horse's back or you're a bit rough how you went from the mountain block and you sat on the horse, you know, like, so get off and sit down gently, you know, so you don't want to change your horse's behavior by, by you being rude. You know, it's not the horse being rude. It's just like, yes, there are horses that are a little bit more touchy and sensitive, but you don't want to be when, when your mare did that to you and when a lot of horses do it, I like I like to see that because I said, good, you know, and that's, if the horse could talk to you, they wouldn't put these back. They would say, Hey, can you try that again and be more gentle next time? In an ideal world, human world, that'll be nice. But in a horse world, they can only communicate through body language. Or they might wrinkle the nostrils, you know. They might give you that eye, or they put the ears back. They say, hey, "Be more gentle next time." Or you might be doing super gentle, and with a horse that has got an abusive, someone abused it, you know, come from an abusive background, and they'll be a little bit guarded. And then you can still change that horse's attitude by doing the way I'm just saying to do it.
0: Yeah, and I know that some people might say, oh, so then you, because I then sort of stopped putting the saddle on and kind of reassessed the situation, I'm sure there'd be people that would say, oh, but so now you've, you know, taught her to put the ears back and you're not proceeding. But to me, I think it's more acknowledging the communication both ways um, and, and paying attention I, I mean, to
1: that. Yeah, I mean, if you can teach a horse to put these back, I would be really amazed <laughs> nature teaches yeah. them to put these back you know like so when they you know the there's that mentality it's like oh yeah well if i just slap her because if i you, you can give like see if you were doing everything gentle and i'll give you an example there's one horse that i work on a weekly basis that listen she's got lots of opinions she's not the hardest horse you know in the world temperament wise but she's made amazing progress it's a great it's a safe horse to ride and everything a horse that uh, you know, I could go on forever. You know, it's a horse that wouldn't go forward, didn't shook his head, his back, you, you name it, you know, you know kick the heels up. So that horse doesn't do that anymore. And the way that was changed is by showing the horse that you're not going to be, you're not going to match the horse's reaction. Does that make sense? And then that horse, you know, you, the, the owner does everything nice and gentle and girl. And the horse, every so often, will stomp a foot, back foot, like, sorry, don't like this. Right? And I said, yeah, you can just, Give him a touch in the belly. You can give him like a little, you know, I want to make it clear. I say give you a little tap to say, hey, but you don't have to slap him. You know, you can, you can go touch him in the belly or the side and go, hey, don't need to do that. And I'll tell you, that horse stops every single time. If he thinks about it and you touch him, they go, okay, I've just been told not to do that. And that's nothing wrong with that. But no, don't make it painful. Don't make it, you know, like a big deal. You're not teaching the horse by you're not teaching the horse to put the back or have bad behavior. You know, I mean, I guess in your line of work as well, you can share that way. i I think, you know, please, you, know, you, you can talk about it a little bit if you want, but you don't change someone's behavior, I believe, by matching the so-called bad behavior. If there was such a thing, is that right? I mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't. And I think also it's about, communication and a need i mean it might be different if we know that there's a history with a horse or a person right but if they just expressed an opinion then by me stopping and actually acknowledging what they're trying to communicate that's building a relationship that's building an attachment like even if we just think about young children you know if they scream or cry or ask for their Mm. parent because they need something we're not going to yeah. go ignore them and say you're being naughty. We stop and we try and work out what it is that they're needing.
1: That's right. I mean, you might not give them a bag of lollies when they're having a tantrum, yeah. but you try to communicate. I mean, the little people at the end of the day, you know, if you're dogging kids and so you, you put yourself in their little shoes and go, okay, well, how can I help this kid? You know, so you're not going to, I am my kids were little, they would have tantrums. I mean, I'm sure I had them and you had them when you were little and everyone listened, uh, listening as well, but my mom didn't give me a bag of lollies and you know in different times they didn't even give you a conversation as you know they just give you a tap you know so so i'm not saying so how do you communicate with the horse it's not much different you know you, you wouldn't reward the horse with a carrot because he puts his back because you start to creating a a pattern of behavior yes you wouldn't go and give the horse oh i'm going to get in grazing because he's upset i'm going to you know buy him a little rug and he'll love me more that doesn't work that way so you try to communicate with that horse in a way that makes sense to that horse. It might not make sense to a human being. It might not be the sense to the person watching you, or someone's going to have an opinion. Doesn't matter. It has to make sense to the horse. And that's what I would say at clinics in particular, you know, when people that haven't worked with me before, and I mean it in a good way. And I say, you don't have to agree with some of the things that I would show you or say. Of the horse won't disagree, and that means that I let the horse be the judge of what I'm telling them. So, and you've seen me do that many times. So, the horse is the judge of your what you're trying to communicate. When the horse responds well, that's when so you can then change people's mind about, or perceive ideas that they might have about what horse behavior, horse training is.
0: Yeah, and if we're talking about building trust in a relationship, whether that be human or, you know, human horse, there's got to be a level of consent in what we do and both parties have got some control in saying that. So, um, you know, same with people. And I know human beings sometimes struggle when someone says no to them. But at -hmm. the end of the day, you know, if I asked you, hey, Carlos, can you give me $500 and you say no, I can't then be offended by that because I asked you, so I'm, I'm implying that you have some choice as well. Um, and I think the same goes for the horses too. We can't always just demand that they do what we want because that would be bullying them.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's correct. I mean, I can give you $500 if. um Next time step, you see me, please. Step, no, no, no. <laughs> if, if I start a step-by-step program, then I can share $500 with the, the listeners as well. But, yeah, that's not going to happen. So not that I don't want to give you $500. I don't want to make the money that way. But, yeah, exactly what you said is correct. You know, you don't – you know, it's, it's okay. And it's okay to say no to your horse as well. Yeah. You know, like a good example is when you're in my, a bit of a pet hate in a way, you know, where – you bring the horse out and every two steps they bury the head on this on the grass for some for, for some grass and you go and i go no you, you, you know when the minute the halter is on the work begins you know um and then you can have a grace later, and that's fine you can instead of giving him a hard feet at the end of the workout you might take him to a green little spot that you can let him chew you know that's nothing wrong with that but you don't want to create a, that bad behavior like, of course, i want the grass now and i'm going to have it no matter what and Kind of override your leadership, so um, that that'll be an example of what you just said. That's an example of saying it's okay to say no sometimes, you know, and um, it doesn't. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be detrimental to the relationship with your the horse. If, if anything, the horse is gonna see you as good leader because they do seek good leadership. The horses don't wanna take the lead; they wanna give it to someone in the herd that they can do that. And and you can be that person in that human-horse relationship where the horse says, I'll give it to you, but you have to demonstrate to me that you're a good leader.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way to wrap up our episode for today.
1: It, I hope um, you enjoyed it and I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And, yeah, keep the questions coming. And, again, I want to emphasize, um, i never consider myself an expert, but one thing I know is how... Uh, Horses, horses think and operate, and never, um, I never want to take um, that away from them. So I just want to share what they have taught me. So I hope um, some of this little com- the, the, the conversation that we had today helps.